Why was Pablo's hair so soft? Because he conditioned it. Hello, my common molars. Episode 4 is upon us. If you thought the first three episodes were mildly stimulating, then strap up or strap in for this aquatic happening because we are getting into our submersibles and we are switching on those little cool little underwater light thingies and we are going deep. In this episode, we are visiting the National Sea Life Centre, Birmingham, where I went recently with wife and child. The address for Sea Life Birmingham is the Water's Edge. Birmingham is one of the furthest points away from the sea in the UK. The furthest point from the sea in the UK is just up the road in the East Midlands, Derbyshire, in a tiny village called Cotton in the Alms. Hold up, news just in that Lichfield in Staffordshire, which is even closer to Birmingham, disputes this and claims to be further and even has a plaque to commemorate such an achievement. The plaque says they are 84 miles from the sea. Ah, but when estimations were calculated with more advanced technology, cotton in the Alms came in furthest from the sea at 70 miles. So that makes Litchfield liars. The Litchfield liars has a ring to it. But we are not here to focus on that and their bullshit. What we are here to focus on is, by water's edge, sea life Birmingham mean a fucking canal. After a mild panic of lost Groupon tickets earlier in the morning, we got in without a hitch, which wasn't the blessing it first appeared to be for a couple of reasons. The first being it was bumper to bumper, bank holiday weekend style, tailback, pushchair in there. I acquired seven superficial heel wounds in the first 10 minutes. So I decided to record, sorry about that, onto my voice recorder on my phone so I could play it on repeat. Now, I haven't been to one of these things in years, but I am now with child. She loved it because she thrives on noise, chaos, visual overstimulation, and she seems to enjoy my face being at one with misery. She was in her element and made it clear early on she wouldn't mind jumping in and joining an octopus in helping, in helping him complete his chores for the day. At 14 months old, I couldn't seem to get her to understand that octopuses are solitary animals and rarely like to make physical contact outside of aggression 
and mating. As you can imagine, I was up against the early doors. The reason I haven't been to one of these for years is I'm a little at odds with such establishments. Not because they exhibit every type of animal behaviour that is going on inside and outside of the exhibits, but because of the ethics behind keeping sentient beings in forced captivity. That's my brain for you. Can't enjoy anything, me. Conservation, I hear you cry. Don't worry, plenty of time to debunk some of that. But at this stage of my trip, I told myself to relax, to enjoy. I am here for the little one. So I did. And it was kind of working, you know. It may have been being surrounded by water, which I love, and just giving in to the, you know, that there wasn't a clear and obvious pushchair lane system or parking system in place with people even going the wrong way in a sardine can aquarium. But once you join the free-for-all and understand the street rules of this dog-eat-dog hair-pulling street fight environment, you can really start to relax into it. That was until we got into a queue, for something of which I couldn't yet see what it was. We love a queue here in the UK, so naturally, and beautifully conditioned, I just joined it, without a single thought crossing my mind. All I knew was I had to wash my and my daughter's hands before and after. Exciting stuff. Maybe this was a chance for a bit of education for my daughter. I have a rule in life. Never trust a person who is wearing a microphone headset. You know the ones. Uh, a black headband. Black earpiece. And what looks to me like a black pickled walnut on the end of a stick of licorice. But I'm relaxed, remember, so I've decided to forego my rules for the day. The lovely man announced, through his pickled walnut, that there were some rock pools of which we were allowed to touch and explore. There were three in total. Okay, cool. Still relaxed. Mm, still relaxed. Still relaxed. I'm relaxed. Why aren't you relaxed? I'm relaxed. But we must respect that there are some marine vertebrae inhibiting their waters. The first tank we approached, Rock Pool 1, Prisien numero uno, and already I had a problem not on my hands. Sea Life Man announced there was a starfish, or as he was calling it, a sea star. When did that happen then? In my mind, I said to Sea Life Guy, 
Bloody starfish that is, mate. Stop keep saying sea star. At this point, we must not assume the sex of the starfish. Because, and this is actually on Wikipedia, seriously, and I quote, Most species of, of starfish are gonochorus. Yeah, don't ask me. Uh, they're being separate male and female individuals. These are usually not distinguishable externally as the gonads cannot be seen, but their sex is apparent when they spawn. Wikipedia, I can confirm this is correct because I could not see the starfish's gonads. But my mind had decided the gender was female very quickly. Now unfortunately you will see why my thoughts decided to go down this path. The QEs were invited to touch the contents of what we are loosely calling a rock pool. This poor starfish was curled up in the corner of the tank one arm slumped over. The starfish absolutely had the posture of that of defeat and resignation. If you are easily upset, and I can fully understand that, or even easily offended, the next part of my experience of all of this may not be for you. So consider skipping it five minutes forward. People, and by that I mean the evolved human being with the advanced brain, were prodding the starfish with their finger. What type of conservation teaches us to touch wildlife in such a way, or any way for that matter? Just leave them be. It all seemed a very odd piece of education to me. Then, the absolute absurdity hit me like a wave. They are fingering a starfish. I got out of that queue faster than you can say fish fingers and washed mine and the little one's hands even though we didn't participate in any of the thing and tried to forget about the whole thing. Relax, remember? I'm relaxed. It's you that's not relaxed. Due to all the stimulation and all this business and the non-full processing, I was able to forget about it. Until... Now, I don't know if any of you listeners have been to Sea Life Birmingham. The centre part of it spirals upwards, like an orange peel. And as I was traversing upwards, I took the view in from the side. 
I couldn't have been positioned any better at any worse for a Captain Birdseye's view of the Rockpool area. The queue was still there, but our starfish wasn't. Oh, but she was. She was now fully slumped over in the corner. I muttered to myself, that poor little thing. This starfish was getting to me, so I moved on. But she was in the rock pool of my mind. When I have seven, when I'm, and when I have something in this mind, I find it very hard to shake. Once released from the Sea Life Centre, which had started to feel like a challenge on the Crystal Maze, and buying a large cuddly octopus for my daughter, of which I can actually hear in the background because she's playing in the living room, giving them a bit more of my cash. But what are you going to do? She loves octopuses now. I had more time to reflect. Remember all the outrage at SeaWorld and the orcas? If you aren't aware, there's a documentary called Blackfish that came out in 2013, where a beautiful orca called Tilikum features. It's a difficult but fascinating watch and shows how orcas became more aggressive in captivity due to the psychological issues of being penned in. If you've watched it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. But the issue of keeping marine life in captivity has been long running. I remember clearly the film Free Willy that was released 20 years prior to Blackfish and was a huge commercial success in the 90s. This film must have had a real impact on 13-year-old Louis. This one was a fictional tale of an orca called Kiko, whose name is changed to Willie whilst in captivity. It centres around the escape of Willie with the help of a 12-year-old Jesse, who was of similar age to myself at the time who forms a bond with the orca after Jesse was, was estranged from his family like Kiko was. I have to say that 12-year-old Jesse had a bit more about him than 13-year-old Louis. Willie makes a jump for it at the end, and that's not a spoiler, because it's on the friggin' promotional poster for a start. And you know what? He friggin' makes it, man. Which we are all rooting for. Because of course, we are all against the evil park owners. Who are just in it for the money. To comfort my mind, I started developing a film for the ages for my starfish. I should have sent an angrily worded email to Sea Life. But unfortunately, my time was fully taken up with the plot of this 
uh, imaginary film, which in hindsight wasn't the right move, but we are here now. So, Willy was used as a cute captivity name for the film plot. So we need one of them to start with. Willy the male orca. Okay, what's the opposite of a willy? Okay, yep. What's a cute name for the opposite of a willy? Well, the only thing I could think of was a fooey or a foo-foo. No, not a pussy, because that is surely the opposite of a cock. So I would like to call our captive starfish Fufu. Our film is called Free Fufu. Now, that title has some alliteration. Uh, may I be as bold in saying it's better than Free Willy? The plot. Well, we could write in how she was made captive from a sea far, far away from Birmingham. We already know that works. Fufu is having a chat about her latest nail colour with Muff and Minge that she just had done at the nail bar, which is called Fish Fingers, when she's plucked from her favourite lagoon by some dickhead we won't name and sold to Sea Life Centre Limited. It's a business, remember? I've already given you the sad middle section where she is wheeled out in a tank by a licorice and pickle-worn-wearing man where advanced humans queue with their, to be fair, washed hands to finger foo-foo. Cut to visitors looking shamed, washing their hands after the experience. It's the escape that is causing me a problem. Remember what I was saying in the introduction about the water's edge being a canal? We can't have Fufu making that dramatic cinematic leap like Willy did straight into the Birmingham Canal. I was actually seeing things after all those exhibits. When I came out of Sea Life Centre, I thought I saw a jellyfish in the canal. But as I edged closer, it was in fact a tied-off used condom. Picture yourself skipping along for a second if you would for me. Um, it's a lovely sunny day. You're with your Capri Sun in hand and you see a used tie condom on the grass. And you know what I mean by used. It's a real day ruiner, isn't it? But I'm getting sidetracked from the plot. How do we get Fufu out? In the original, the Sea Life Park is next to the sea and 12-year-old Jesse was trespassing when he found Willy. I'm too old for that shit. He was 12. Tons of energy at 12. And yes, I have written myself into this film because I'm invested. Also, Willy, in the end, was very cooperative 
especially for Jesse, we can't rule that um, rule that that won't happen. That will happen. Sorry, with our Fufu. Jesse and Willie formed a bond, especially with Jesse's harmonica playing. But I can't do that either because harmonicas tickle my lips. Also, there's a very dramatic scene in where Willie saves Jesse from drowning. I would like to write that bit in with Fufu saving me. When I fall into an enclosure, looking too closely at a sea cucumber. It's a very emotional film, Free Willy, because the park owners try to kill Willy by gradually leaking out his tank to, cl to claim the $1 million in insurance money. I mean, there are more, spo uh, more spoilers there, aren't there? Um, but seriously, if you haven't seen Free Willy, don't bother with it. It's not awful, but there's loads of good shit on nowadays, isn't there? This was the 90s. We didn't have Netflix. Fufu wouldn't have that clout with the old insurance money. I don't think Sea Life Centre Birmingham would kill her for a fiver. It would be too much hassle. Not that we should be putting a monetary value on a sentient being. <sighs> this plot is getting a little muddy and we still have no dramatic jump at the end. All I can think of is filling a Tupperware box, a product actually that might be coming to an end after 77 years of existence. Mm. Now if you're sad about this, I'm pretty sure that Tupperware uh, will uh, live on forever, if you catch my drift. Now if we fill this Tupperware box full of mold and sea salted water, I reckon we could probably coax uh, Fufu into it. Potentially, with a little bit of light harmonica playing, uh, maybe a recorder, or a calippo. I mean, a kalimba. My beautiful playing arouses her attention, and I make a grab for her. Potentially her last ever grab. Like a last dance. And then I make a run for it, being chased by an angry pickled walnut. I started this podcast with the introduction of Hello My Common Molars. Now, molars are a bony fish. Now, if you've never seen a molar, they look like a naan bread wearing a tutu. And they have teeny weeny eyes. They sometimes, or they have done in the past, uh, unfairly have been voted one of the most pointless fish of the ocean. Which I think is uh, very unfair. Um, and whilst, as I was researching molars, there was um, some sea lions. Sea lions actually like to play with them but not in a good way because they end up trying to bite their fins off and using them like a frisbee and they enjoy watching them just like because they have no fins just float to the bottom of the ocean which is really fucking cruel um but 
they don't they actually think that molars don't feel pain because when uh they're being attacked in this way they don't exhibit any kind of feelings or emotions but this is kind of odd in itself isn't it because this is like human beings trying to assess the outward emotion of a molar and you know we will get further into all this stuff there's there's plenty of bit about something called transference but we haven't got time to get into all that now because we as promised from last week are going to get into some more wonky veg so after me contemplating what i was saying about wonky veg and the current uh, fruit and vegetables we have in our supermarket aisles it dawned on me that we are trying to make an Aryan race of vegetables with racial supremacy trying to genetically modify them to be more perfect than what they actually are that just seems a little bit crazy to me um there's been a lot of fiddling by man with vegetables and let's keep it clean golas you know we it's quite a common known fact that carrots were made orange by the dutch because that's their their national color if you don't know about that i'm not going to go into all that too much but look up carrots and the color orange because they are not naturally orange they're also made a lot longer as well a lot of fruit and vegetables have been modified to be made bigger and longer if needed uh, have a look at a wild watermelon they've been made more juicy because the wild variety actually wasn't that juicy now what's quite interesting is the peach that has also been made bigger and juicier like all those Brazilian butt lifts that I believe, thankfully, are going out of fashion now. And also, which I find very interesting, the aubergine, or eggplant as they would call it in the US, that was also, that actually, in the wild, they are tiny little nubbings, not the modern day symbol of the full erect phallus of today that we use so fondly in our emojis so if we you know we're talking about the peach that got plumped up and we're talking about the aubergine that also got plumped up the international emojis of the female and the male parts If you would like to support this podcast, the Patreon is www.patreon.com forward slash Louis That is L-O-U-I-E-G-O-L-A-S. Remember, I've uh, got to try and make a living out of these creative endeavours, and it will be getting to the point uh, shortly where I think, can 
I make any money from these things? Because obviously this takes up my time. I enjoy it. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. It takes up my time within the week. And it may get to a point where I have to use that time in other ways for me to make money. And of course, if I'm not using that time for the podcast, there won't be a podcast. Or uh, I will have to just put out uh, episodes sparsely, you know, as and when. Um, I would love to keep doing this podcast weekly, but uh, the truth is, obviously, with buying recording equipment and all that stuff, is that it's cost me money so far. Um, this isn't some kind of sob story because I've really enjoyed. I'm still continuing to love making it. But if you want to carry on hearing all this crazy, all these crazy ramblings, we gotta have a little bit of support. So the patron is R O U I E G O R A S. Thank you very much. And one of those patrons, or patrons, or patrons, or however we're saying it, uh, is the lovely Jane. Do you remember Jane from last week? And she said, you know, you're only you're only coming in one of my ear crystals, you dick, and all that stuff. Well, she's been on to me again. And the thing is, because she's a patron, I have to listen to her. She is said she said that the background mobile of which she very much enjoys that is only going to her left ear. So Jane, I have put some of that mobile into your right ear. I'd also like to say that your left ear has been of a great benefit to me because obviously it uh, it flagged up that I was only uh, going to the left ear in both for the music and the words. But if I hear any more about your bloody left ear, I don't care if you're a patron or not. Me and, uh, me and Jane might be meeting up for a little bit of lunch and because she has a dodgy left ear, I've decided I am going to exclusively talk into her dodgy ear. I'm going to sit on her left side and uh, we're going to put it to the test. But, be more Jane. Get on that Patreon. It's actually, uh, because they keep screwing it up, I set it at £5, but now it's gone to $5. So it's actually just £4.50 a month. £4.50 a month for all my ramblings. Shall we finish with a, a little bit of poetry? because I seem to have a million of them in my phone and I'm not doing anything with them so this seems like the perfect platform so a little bit of Louis Ballander poetry for you I think you will find even with all that in mind this is where we draw that line if you take your path It will allow me to take mine. Maybe our toes will be able to touch again in the future sometime. We could return in kind. Agree to keep the document unsigned. I hate to speak of the word maligned. So grateful to you for this time. This 
the last time we dropped wine. Don't forget to pick up your Twin Peaks box set from mine. That was called Even With All This In Mind. It's uh, coming through to me now that you can actually rate this podcast five stars on Spotify. I believe because there wasn't either enough episodes or it needed a certain amount of listens that people weren't able to do it. So if you are a Spotify listener of the podcast, could you please, 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 please go onto there and rate it five stars? Uh, on the Apple one, you could rate from the beginning. So why haven't you? Cheeky five stars on Apple as well, please. Remember, I know it's boring and I know I have to go on about it. But if we're not rating or subscribing or sharing and all that stuff, then it's no one's listening to it. So if you could do that, that would be marvellous. Okay, as every single one of you is obviously going to go out there and put those five-star reviews on your podcast provider, I'm going to give you another poem because I was scrolling through and I saw one that said Pink Lady. Now, it's not one of my best, but it fits into the podcast. She wore a flowing pink dress. As she spun on her heels, she turned into candy floss. What a sweetie, completing me completely. Pink lady. So that's it. Episode four of the podcast has uh, has made its completion, its end, its finish. Um, we need to get we need to get free foo foo the movie made, don't we? Actually, there's uh, there's been a lot of media input thanks to uh, the comedian Joe Lice. Actually, if if you haven't seen his uh, his late late night show with Joe Lice that's on Channel Four, give that a watch, and he has been giving. Uh, people from Birmingham opportunities like apprenticeships and stuff and certainly he's been very supportive of a lot of Birmingham artists so hey Joe if you're listening and you want to make this excellent movie called Free Foo Foo then I'm all yours and I am a whore don't you worry about it just you know do what you want with me yeah okay I think I'm saying too much now Louie Louie me gotta go now Probably before I give you another poem. Bye. Late Night Lice, it's called. Uh, Not that I can really promote it, can I, with my uh, 12 listeners? See you for episode 5.